Welcome to the Call to Action Podcast, where we bring you incredible people and even more incredible stories with discussions and topics about what it takes to sacrifice everything to overcome hardships and failures to achieve success. Our guests heard the call. Now it's your turn. Have you ever wondered how you could change the world by simplifying what we know to be true? Our next guest is doing just that with a thing you spend the most time doing, being inside your house. He has led his startup to raise nearly $4 million via crowdfunding and is completely changing the way housing is mass produced. It's called Boxable and in less than an hour after arrival, a new homeowner can be enjoying a glass of wine inside their Boxable home. It's so popular now that Elon Musk lives in one. He's also the co-founder of CoinHub, a popular crypto ATM service. And if he never told his naysayers to fuck off when telling him you don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to construction, he wouldn't be on the way to creating the Apple experience of the housing market with the efficiency of an Amazon fulfillment facility. Please welcome the real life Bob the Builder and our next guest, Galliano Tiramani. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. I have told a lot of people to fuck off. I'm quite... That was just an absolute assumption, but you, I don't know, there's like a kindred spirit. I've watched some videos like, man, he kind of seems like the guy that, that would just stay, straight up tell you what's on his mind. But uh, of course he does. welcome to Call to Action Podcast. Um, before we get into the reasons, and we got you only for a short period of time today, uh, we're going to put you through a prefrontal cortex warm-up like you've never experienced. It's a wild array of random rapid-fire questions. It's called the Brain Freeze Frenzy. Are you ready? Let's do it. First reaction when you heard Elon Musk was living in a casita. Um, unfortunately, my, my reaction has to be, uh, per my lawyers, no comment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. We should have started this with shots of something. I mean, who knows? All right. Moving on. Got on a morning routine. Um, what I do first thing in the morning is just hang out with my, my kids and wife. Um, because uh, they're, they're nicer to me in the morning. By the end of the day, they're a little bit tired and grumpy. <laughs> I could say the same, man. I just had a newborn about six months ago, and uh, it's about the same thing, man. We're, go- we're all going through that. Keith's got one. Thanks, man. Uh, if you could get drunk or high with anyone in history, who would it be and why? Well, I have not used drugs or alcohol for about eight years. Um, that, that may be contributing to my success. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I'll pass on that one. Um, uh, maybe one of the founding fathers of, of the of the country because I'm into politics. Let's say let's go with Abraham Lincoln. Beautiful. What is the most single day pre-orders for Boxable? Um, in in a day. Um, <laughs> not. I have no clue. I'd have to pull up the chart, but it's probably it's probably got to be. You know, I'm sure we had a day with a thousand come in. Wow, that's, yeah, incredible. that's incredible. Yeah, we're at we're at sixty. Yeah, they're, they're not necessarily pre-orders um, because they're um, um, they don't have deposits on them, um, but we do have sixty thousand people on that list now. You know, most most of which have come probably in the last year. That's so cool, man! Congrats. We'll jump right into that as soon as we're done with this. Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Reese's Puff Cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I have a serious problem with that actually, and my wife. Uh, <laughs> She hides it every time it's in the house because I end up eating the whole box sometimes. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, go with the same, actually. Yeah, ditto. Switching focus. Most surprising thing about building a startup from ground zero, since you have a couple of these. Um, well, you know, a lot of um, surprising stuff happens. A lot of crazy stuff that, you know, you wouldn't expect um, comes along all of a sudden. And, and uh, it's pretty much on, on a regular basis. Um, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And certainly with Boxable, the, the trajectory we're on and, and the speed at which things are happening have been blowing our minds and, and the interest level. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, money raising at the beginning. The we've, yes. now, we've now raised, you know, tens of millions of dollars beyond the, the four million that you mentioned. Um, so that's been pretty crazy for me because none of my other projects I ever raised money for. Um, and now that we've kind of whipped up all this interest through the good marketing, um, we've been able to, to bring in this money that we need that gives us the ammunition uh, to, to execute. Right. So um, yeah. all kind of crazy stuff happening every day. Uh, one, one big learning curve I'm having now is managing a really big team because I think we're up to over easily over 60 people. So we are um, okay. just dealing with managing so many different people. Yeah, and since That's you insane. have such a hardware-intensive business, that raise makes a lot more sense in your industry. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, this is no joke. I'm sitting right now in a 170,000-foot building, so you can imagine what the rent is like on something like that, uh, not to mention all, <laughs> all the equipment and everything else. That's insane. Was it built real quick? Is it all big boxable manufacturing, or is it just uh, the, the building you're actually in, or is it just standardized? for a factory. I'd love a boxable factory made out of boxables that builds boxables, but this is just a... <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah, this is just a concrete tilt-up shell uh, that was that was built here, mm -hmm. and then we leased it, and then we did kind of a, a custom fit-out of the whole thing. Just a couple more real quick. Uh, any other famous or notable people with uh, pre-orders for Boxable that you'd like to market out there? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't even really... Looked at looked at the list, and uh, I don't want to speak out of school on anyone. Um, so not nothing to mention on that front. Ben Plead and Keith, I mean, we're we'll have one. Yeah, we we've got to at, at CTAP at some sure. point. You know, we we want to convert our entire enterprise uh, over to your casitas, man. They're just you know they they blow us away. And and Pretty hey, sick. to that and to all of your other successful kind of entrepreneurship, all the businesses that you have going. What is one great and one shitty piece of leadership advice you've been given in your lifetime <laughs> um advice i've been given um yes yes you know some people um try to make me be overly cautious and i really hate that and that comes from people who probably you know had a career at, at an established company um so they want to be very careful and safe and and that's you just can't do that when you're when you're starting something new, um, because then you'll just you'll, you move too slowly. You have to you know right. You have to go fast and quickly, and you know have mistakes and and all that kind of stuff. So um, you know I'm not very risk averse. I've done a lot of risky things, and I'll continue to. And it, and it kind of uh, pays off to to make mistakes. Amen. Couldn't agree more, man. On that, you guys have really really revolutionized like i said in the intro kind of the way i think people think about 
housing and buildings and, and just in construction in general. And man, I can now see the vision at like which you could scale this to, but where, where did it all start? And how did this concept to attack probably one of the biggest uh, markets on planet earth and uh, flip it on its head? Well, um, it was myself, uh, my father, uh, Paolo, and, and also Kyle Denman that started working on this back in 2017. The original idea to fold up the house uh, came long before that, probably a decade before that, uh, when Paolo had actually built a modular house. He experienced the problems with the with the wide load shipping and the, and the cost and, and you know ish and cumbersome nature of uh, shipping these wide loads. And he just thought you know there's got to be a better way. And uh, so he he drew on a napkin the the idea to fold fold the house up. Um, and, and back then he had an intellectual property licensing company where he would basically invent stuff and sell the sell the inventions. Um, but nothing really came of it. Uh, not not a ton of work was put into it. Uh, and then. Um, you know, 2017, I was actually sitting up in, in Northern California uh, on my on my marijuana farm, uh, which is what I was doing at that time. Beautiful. And uh, and uh, I, I was just thinking of new new business ventures uh, as usual, and um, you know thought about his folding house idea, and you know called him up and said, hey, what about that idea? Let's maybe take another look at it. And then we started doing more research. Um, a big part of the research focused on like what were the problems in the market because it's not immediately obvious you know what the what the problems are and there's a lot of them and then we started just you know chasing it down and doing research and uh, alternative building materials and testing and building prototypes and got more and more traction and at a certain point I realized um, this is a huge opportunity here like bigger than anything else uh, so I totally bailed on on everything I was doing up in Northern California and, and moved wow. down here to to chase this um, Voxable down and now things are uh, Accelerating quickly and to everyone who hasn't seen those Voxable movies go check it out It's really stunning. It unfurls like an origami piece Yet it's a house and it's real life and it's real size and, and it's beautiful at that too. It's it's incredible, you know, just watching it unfurl almost as if it is once it's standing. It's it's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Check out boxable.com and, and our YouTube. There's lots of content out there so people can get an understanding of what this is. And that fact that it folds, just, just the fact that it's cool and it catches people's attention has been a huge advantage for us because it's brought yeah. all, all this interest in. Yeah, your your marketing team has absolutely like destroyed. I think the from the branding, the you know the logo, the the name is super you know modern and edgy, and uh, without you know the e at the end, it's a lot of companies, successful companies are doing this, and man, you guys fit right in the mold there. Um, what uh, from from its original conception is is Paulo your father? Yes. So. Is is he? You guys have obviously a very, I would guess, an Italian heritage. Is he from Italy or very close to it? Because man, I almost called you your last name Tiramisu the first time I uh, said it out loud in my house. Well, he actually grew up um, in London, uh, so he's British. Okay. And um, but his whole family's Italian and from Italy, so he spent a lot of time in, in Italy as a as a kid. And now the I think the only remaining relative we have in Italy is a, is a, an 80, 
probably more than 80 years old uh, great aunt who's a nun and she lives in the nunnery oh, up there. That's so cool, man. I've been, I've been to some of those up there. Yeah, because the design and whatnot is super modern and it's very Italian. So I was wondering, like just minimalistic and modern. And I was wondering if any of that played any uh, role in kind of how you guys have uh, developed the brand to where it is today. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. So the idea came about you realized that there was like this big potential for this. What was like the next step? We're like, okay, we've got to build our first one kind of out of pocket, you know, bootstrap it. Or did you guys go straight to crowdfunding and, and or whatever um, route you guys took initially? Uh, no, we, we funded it initially, mainly Paolo, um, you know, several million dollars of, of his money uh, went into this. So he's, we've got, you know, quite a lot of uh, skin in the game. And at first we just had, you know, uh, website, some 3D renders, and an idea, and drawings, and that was it. Uh, and and then one day I just happened to get a call um, from the uh, Builder Magazine for the um, International Builder Show, and they invited us to bring a house to Las Vegas to the convention center um, to a little village they build outside every year when they have this show that it has modular houses in it. Um, so okay got this call and and they were like yeah you want to bring one of your houses down and i was like well we don't really have any yet <laughs> but uh, uh and then and then so I, then i had a meeting with paolo and kyle and, and said do we want to commit to this and agree to it can we do it um and then we said yes yeah, is a big opportunity let's do it and then we built the first prototype delivered it to the show on time uh, not without a lot of issues <laughs> and then uh it was great and and um you know it, things kind of went went from there um so some of those issues that we had are pretty funny so i'll, I'll mention them uh for example <laughs> um you know this is las vegas and I, I didn't live here at the time and my dad had just moved here um and uh you know it's the desert it's 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 120 degrees in the summer so the prototype we built didn't have a finished roof on it it had like uh, basically big gaps where you could just see the sky um and then the morning of the show, it snowed in Las Vegas. And no uh, way. so what? we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I was out there at like five in the morning, scraping snow off the roof. Meanwhile, the sun was coming up. The snow was melting and water was pouring into the unit. So the whole unit was flooding. And this is like an hour before the show starts. The snow's melting. The unit's flooding. I'm like, oh, shit, oh this is goodness. terrible. Um, but because... Um, the units are very water resistant because of the mater building materials we used. Uh, we managed to just dry it off and no one knew. <laughs> and I think it happened, I think it happened more than one morning as well. Cause the show was multiple days yeah. and it flooded. So it flooded yeah. every morning before the show. <laughs> the, the more eyeballs on there, you know, like the more things just inherently are going to go wrong. That's how it is with every demo. Yep. We're, we're in software and, uh, you know, we, and, and in fact, I kind of thought of this, uh, this morning, I was like, you guys are kind of like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Webflow, but it's like a no code website builder. That's phenomenal. And it's like, there's no need. There's only a certain subset of reasons why you would have to do a very custom native website. Whereas the majority of people are either just trying to get information out there or set up a kind of a regular e-commerce store and that's kind of like what boxable is for housing it's like you it's a one-stop shop and you just kind of like go boom order and it shows up you know i'm assuming i haven't done it yet um but 
it, it's pretty incredible. And the way that these types of business models have evolved over the last five years or so, and the successes in, in the rapidity of which these companies are reaching these successes, I can I can see this already getting to that point, and especially after the new kind of information on what you guys have raised outside of crowdfunding and things like that to get to where you are, and we want to get there real quick, but can you talk us through that, because uh, a lot of our listeners are kind of like entrepreneurial and have that bug, or or just maybe they want to eventually, what was the crowdfunding um, with uh, raise look like how was it set up and what's the what's the background to that kind of look like so you know once we got to the point where we had a product that we said this product is ready to be manufactured and sold we decided to start raising money and at that point I started going out to like traditional venture capital institutional investors and I just really didn't like the, the response or the vibe I, I got from them uh, it was not great um, you know, um, and, and then I think uh, COVID kind of hit, and uh, a lot of the ones that I was talking to were like, "You know what? We're not do- we're, ta- we're not doing anything for a few months until we see what happens to the world." Uh, and so I was like, "All right, well, let me try something different." Um, so I went ahead and did the first uh, Reg CF on WeFunder, uh, where basically we created our our offer and we put it up there, and you know, people came in and, and they invested, and it worked. And, um, you know, we sold, you know, uh, as much as we, we wanted to, everything was great. And I said, okay, this is a, a good strategy here. Um, and you know, reg CF is for unaccredited investors and you can also do regulation D, which is for accredited investors. There's less restrictions around that on the amount you can raise and, and other restrictions. So, um, after on the, the reg D yeah, on the reg D yeah. Um, cause that's for only accredited investors who meet a certain income threshold. So then uh-huh. after the, the, we maxed out the reg CF, which was a million dollars back then, uh, I then said, all right, let's keep it going. Uh, cause a lot of the investors were accredited. Uh, so then I just posted directly on our website, uh, an offering that accredited investors could, uh, invest in and people kept investing and money kept coming in and kept working. Um, right. Really? So you can just leave that open essentially. And how does that process work? Like if I make, if, if I'm within the threshold and I'm just Joe Schmo, how, how would that process work? Um, they go to the website and then how, how does that work? A really simple checkout process, just the same way as buying any other product for the most part. And, you know, oh, they really? go in there, they, they read the, the deal, the terms of the deal. If they like it and they like the company, then they go through the checkout. I think it's like five steps. You can see it on our website right now. And then they're, they're invested and they're in there. And I recommend this for any company because you're basically, you know, flipping the whole power dynamic around because, you know, if what you have is right. desirable for, for investors, you don't have to go out there and, you know, um, you know, spend a lot of time pitching people and kissing their ass mm-hmm. and, and all this other uh, stuff that sometimes doesn't pay off at all. Um, and then now right. what we have is just the offering sitting there. Our general marketing is reaching people and it's reaching some people that want to invest in stuff and they're coming and they're investing in it and it works. And um, so then, you know, uh, we, we did the next Reg CF after they raised the limit to 5 million and that was for the the four million uh, remainder uh, out of the total of five. Oh, so it kind of like just rolls into the the next uh, essentially version or iteration of it, correct? Yeah, basically, you know, you have to go through all these different exemptions to security laws, uh, and it's really confusing right. and, and crazy to deal with. 
Um, but yeah, no when doubt. we did that next Reg CF, which is for unaccredited, that one, the second time around, sold out in 13 days. Uh, and now there's a big wait list sitting, sitting behind that. So uh, in incredibly powerful, and I recommend it to anyone. And there's pretty much no downside to it. And like some you know, institutional investors or, or traditional investors will try to act like there's a, a downside to it. But in most cases, there isn't. What's, what's the upside? What's the difference in terms of dynamics for, um, for from the business owner standpoint? I mean, because when you go to an uh, you know uh, an investment group, if you will, uh, VC firm or what you were trying to do initially, they're trying to bend you over backwards and essentially take over the company. Correct? They were probably wanting over fifty percent right off the bat, or whatever the case may be, um, versus the crowdfunding, which I'm assuming you more control. Is that what it is? In exactly. Terms of the exactly. Now, 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 I'm the one setting the terms. You know, take it or leave it. They're not setting the terms. Right. And I'm mm. not giving them any control of the company because those are not the the terms I set. And then it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy as well because now when I go back to those guys because we still talk to institutional investors all the time because they will they will be part of this and they are part of this. Correct. But now I say to them, if they say, "Oh, your your valuation's too high, we we want a different deal," I say, "Well, you're wrong, and I know you're wrong because these people over here are buying in the investment every day, and price is only you know what someone's willing to pay for something, you know, supply and demand. So guess what? You know, these are the terms." Um, if you don't like it, all these other people do. So you're going to miss out. Goodbye. <laughs> so they're still trying to weasel their way into that and, and try and downplay the credibility of this crowdfunding, huh? Definitely. They definitely do. And, and, and the funny thing is, what's their end game anyway? It's to flip the investments onto retail investors through the stock market or an acquisition. So we're basically skipping that step and going straight towards straight straight to these retail investors for the most part so uh it, it just everything about it we're loving it and uh we're gonna keep running with it for as long as we can yeah it makes so much sense and you know the proof is in the pudding here which platform did you guys use the the um main platform we're using now is actually called fundamerica.com and all it is is it's uh, basically a payment portal that has some of the extra features that you need for regulatory compliance because the government's added okay. in all of these extra uh, ridiculous rules about getting extra documentation from people and checking their IDs and all this stuff. So, so this platform just kind of does all that. Um, in, in an easier way, and, and it creates the, the checkout portal, um, and, and we absolutely love them. It's it's sweet. Uh, we don't even have you know an investment bank on our deal. You know, it's just straight to us mm. through Fund America, which is hosted directly on our platform. And then you can go and post on Start Engine or WeFunder or Republic and these other crowdfunding portals, and that's good as well. Um, but I like having it directly on our website because then we're controlling the whole process. We're capturing all the information. We're capturing right. the, the pixel data for, for Facebook retargeting ads, and we're putting up um, forms for them to put their email in so we can hit them with an email after. So it's really nice. We are, we are doing stuff on those platforms as well to capture their audience because they have ready investor audiences sitting there who want to invest. Exactly. So let's jump into uh, that. Pre-qualified essentially. Exactly. But, but we're, we're driving most of the traffic. We're driving most of the investment through our own marketing and we're just capturing it right on our website. So early on, you were able to use your own marketing to get people interested 
into boxable because you know figure before you had a name for stuff you know i would think those platforms you mentioned might be the way to go because they're already quite popular how did you guys go about drumming up the support behind the brand you know just before the brand really existed yeah and uh you know you mentioned the, the good marketing department uh we have here uh and i, and I like that compliment because the i'm the, i'm the marketing department um uh, at, le- at least at least I for figured. the next <laughs> it's working yeah at, le- at least for the next uh, few weeks i think we're, we're hiring on some new uh some new people now but really it's it's been mostly social media and back when I started, I didn't really understand anything about marketing, and I was trying to get just traditional press from like you know the local news or, or whatever or, or another big news publication. And we got it a few times, and it didn't really pay off that much. And then one day I was like, you know what? Let me try YouTube. So I, I made a list of some channels with relevant audiences. I sent them a message, said, Hey, you want to do a video on our product? One of them replied. It was a lady named uh, Christina Smallhorn. And she, she has a video about a uh, channel about housing and she did a video on us. And all of a sudden I saw results that were better than anything else we had gotten. Uh, you know, web traffic's wow. up, email inquiries are up, everything. So I was like, all right, this works. This is great. Let's double down. Um, at that point, I, I kind of went overboard a little bit. I, I hired some people <laughs> on Upwork to write a little script that would scrape the contact information off of YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. If, if a channel posts their their email, they, then we would scrape it off after searching like relevant keywords. So then I, I created these big mailing lists with like thousands of, of uh, emails for, for channels. And I blasted them all with emails and said, hey, you want to make a video about us? And a few of them did. And then things kind of started to spiral. Did you pay them to make it? Or was it just like, hey, just make it and... No, I I, uh, I didn't pay anyone to make it. Um, they just did it because they wanted their own content, and mostly they're getting paid on their own through YouTube right. ads or whatever. Um, some of them asked for money, and I just said no, thank you. And maybe maybe we would do that in the, in the future if it was uh, a big enough channel. We maybe would pay, um, but we just didn't have to. And then then things started happening yeah. more organically, and you know now people are mostly coming to us wanting to you know feature our stuff because yeah. their audiences like it too. It's a very unique idea, and it stands apart from so many of the other manufactured homes. It's very cool. How many people order Boxable and then, like, are there the day part of the unfurling ceremony? Because, I mean, it's almost like the 50, you live in it 50% of the time, but then, like, watching it unfurl is like the other excitement, you know? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, well, no one just yet because we're just starting. So we basically have built three houses so far. And now we've set up this big manufacturing facility. And actually, the first production house is on the assembly line right now, going down the assembly line. Oh, and okay. Then... Wow. So we're part of history. Yeah, you are. Uh, I know this is a podcast, but if, since you're on video. No, it's video as well. Okay, so it's look. So well. this is the office. Give us the tour. So we got yeah. you know, all these people here working. This o- whole office is about so as cool. big as our entire warehouse was before. And then... This is the factory out here. Oh, perfect. I love that it's oh my all connected goodness. back to back. For anyone listening, it's like a home fucking depot of just possible yes. materials and machines. And it is, dude, that is incredible. How good do you feel looking out there and knowing that you've been there since day one, essentially, and gotten it to this point? Like, how incredible is this feeling? It's pretty glorious. It, it really is. Uh, I'm in disbelief. Your shits must be gold in the morning. <laughs> they are. <laughs> like, I'm going to take, take you for a ride on my motorcycle right now. We'll, 
we'll do a, we'll do a quick okay. uh, oh my God. we'll do a quick tour. This is a first. I love it, dude. This is exciting. This is badass. Wow. They're actually we're having a He's, nice uh, a nice employee lunch uh, in there right now. So they're just setting up the, the tables. Um, that is so sweet. So yeah, so we're getting a so tour this for is the, listening. He's on a motorcycle. I'm I'm on a motorcycle, one-handed, holding a, a laptop. <laughs> literally, <laughs> quite literally. This is the uh, bad as. This is the really important piece of equipment here. This is a vacuum lamination system. Uh -huh. So we basically have these layers of the wall, and we're not building these walls using traditional materials like okay. lumber nails. Uh, we're using uh, that EPS uh -huh. foam blocks. We're using sheets of steel and a special type of ceramic uh, wallboard. And um, basically, it's dramatically reduced components. Everything's processed by computer-controlled equipment, so that it's very precision and can assemble together rapidly and be compatible with automation. So totally different than anything else uh -huh. out there, and it, and it results in hopefully a dramatically lower cost and um, you know better ratings on energy ratings are off the charts on yeah. these uh, fires fire rating. Uh, water resistance, wind no resistance, uh, it's, it's really... Uh... I watched you take a torch to the side panel of one of those houses and it did not even charred, even a little bit. That's incredible. Yeah, it's cool. So, so we picked, um, one of the materials we picked is this uh, magnesium oxide board that actually um, is like totally non-combustible. It's better than sheetrock for fire and yet yeah, it doesn't even turn black when you hit it with a, with a torch. So, so here's our here's our paint booth <laughs> set up. Wow, some carts, some finished that is walls. So cool. Here's um, these are cool. Wild to drive down there. That's so deep. Oh, it's it's a it's a big building. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we have the motorcycles. <laughs> um, these are actually nice. folding. These are actually I beams that fold up, and they're just as strong as if they weren't folding. Um, but here's the important okay. part. I'm going to show you the. Uh, the house, the first house on the line. Yes. It's history right here. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so cool, man. So there it is. We are literally the part panel. of history. The first the, the, freaking house. Yeah, the, the panels, they're assembling all the panels for the first time. You know, we, we, we've gone through a bunch of versions of the product. Um, so the version we built in the mm -hmm. last prototypes is different than this one and the, the version we actually already have a next-gen after this um, Production run that we're doing now oh, wow. with some significant improvements on it um, So like, you know, we draw everything in 3d on the computer and then you know buy stuff and put it together and hope hope it all works um, But yeah, it's, right. it's pretty amazing like, you know when, when you draw it on the computer and it actually comes together like like you planned um, yeah, man. So, so yeah, that's that's, that's so the bottom so, bottom floor that folds up, and then that's the fixed portion in the back where the kitchen bathroom would go. Okay. What does it take from start to finish? You know, order to to manufacturing. What does it take uh, for that to go down the assembly line? So uh, we are estimating that we will be able to produce one house uh, final output every 90 minutes and that it will take about 200, 200 labor hours uh, per house. So hopefully this factory can produce uh, 3,000 or so per year. Wow, that's incredible. And for everyone listening right now, knowing that they're going to order their own Boxable, what is the wait time? 
I don't know, <laughs> because um, we got to see, you know, we have this huge wait list. Uh, 2,000 people have paid a deposit. 60,000 people put their name on the list without a deposit. And we'll see how many of those people follow through. We'll see how fast we can actually gear up to that full production output. And um, we'll kind of see how it goes. But uh, I will be making the case for, you know, the next level of, of scale, uh, scale factory ASAP. I think of this factory just as a prototype and a proof of concept. As soon as I can, I want to flush this whole factory right. down the toilet and go get into a billion dollar factory because 3,000 houses, it's a big factory, but it's nothing compared to the need for the product. You know, we, right. we have a multi-million house right. shortage in this country and, and elsewhere, and no one's able to keep up. So we got to scale the production as soon as we can, and I think we're proving all the basics out here to make the case for that. That's incredible, man. Um, Amen. I, I know we got to let you go. Leave leave us and our listeners a last bit of advice. Like when you first started this journey down with Boxable Man, like what would you go back and tell yourself to essentially either calm yourself or say, hey man, go down this road, not that, or focus on this or that? What, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Um, You know, I, I would just say probably don't listen to anyone who's telling you you can't do something uh you know con consider carefully what they're saying but uh mostly you can just do whatever you want in this life um and really you just have to work harder than everyone else and then you can achieve you know really a hell of a lot and, and it's amazing um the other thing is just like brute force persistence um because you know a lot of people give up on the first or second or third or tenth failure um, but you can't, and it gets really grueling sometimes. Right. So you just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. This man is truly an innovator and one of those kinds of people that make you rethink the way we normally do things in life. He heard the call and took action. Galliano, thank you for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you and your story, uh, and welcome to the CTAP family, my man. Thank you so much. Woo!